You're listening to Rockland Community Church, connecting all generations to Jesus. Hear now the word of the Lord. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what will you put on? For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap, they have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add one single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do a small thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, neither they toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried, for all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The word of the Lord. Well, I have been out, and let's just imagine for a moment that uh, you say, hey, we haven't really hung out in a while. Let's go get some coffee. And so we do, and we go get some, uh, I don't do coffee, but you know the idea. We go and we sit there and I eat something else, I guess. Um, And you're asking me, how's it going? What's been going on in your life? And I say, uh, I've made some really important decisions. And one of the biggest decisions I've made is I have decided that I am going to live a life of complete, utter rudeness. I am going to be unkind to everybody that I meet. That's what I'm doing right now. Now, in your mind, you would think something like, um, that, that's going to be terrible for you, Jim, first of all, to just think, I'm just going to be rude to everybody. It just completely colors the way you see the world, and you can just rot you inside. But obviously, also, if I'm being rude to everybody else, it's bad for them. It's bad for me. It's bad for the people I come in contact with. You would probably be thinking then as a Christian to go, now, um, that doesn't sound like God, doesn't sound like the character and nature of a loving God, and I'm sure there's things in the Bible, I don't know the chapter and verse, but that we're not supposed to be rude, we're supposed to be kind and loving. And so you would hear me say, I know this is ridiculous, but to say I'm just going to be rude all the time, and something in you would think maybe some of those things, or just go, you shouldn't do that, and maybe depending on the conversation, you might even get to, you should really change Or the Christian word is to repent, to turn, to stop. And let's say that we have that conversation. You get all the way to repent. I go, you're right, I repent. And I do repent, and I'm done, and thank you, you've changed me. And then a couple months, whatever it is, later, we get together. Hey, Jim, how's it going? Well, you know, something's been going on, and I've just decided uh, that I am going to be, with my entire life, I am going to now be a liar. I am going to be a chronic liar, which would be odd because you wouldn't know if I was telling you the truth or not, right? Right? But if I just said, I'm going to lie, that's what I'm going to do. 
Okay, Jim, that's going to be terrible for you because you're going to have to be sitting there thinking about which lie did I tell to who. It's bad for other people. They're walking around thinking they have the truth, but they really don't. And, um, and God, that doesn't work with him. He's a God of truth. And I'm pretty darn sure there's a thou shalt not lie in the Bible somewhere. And so what would you do? You would work towards, hey, you shouldn't do this or repent. You're right, I repent. I'm sorry. Okay, good. Yeah, you're really good. And then I, we go, we get together a couple months later. And you say, Jim, what's going on? And I go, well, I've decided something else. Right now, and I have for a while now, I live my life filled with worry. Now, what should you think? Well, we just did the other two things, and what? It's terrible for me. Stress, anxiety, fear, worry is terrible for the person that's, uh, that's worrying. It's terrible for people around you because you just stress everybody else out when you're around them. You should look and think about the character and nature of God and think, okay, well, God is this sovereign, powerful God, and that's, that's very out of step with who he is. And I am certain, and you just heard it read, that there's scripture that says, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. When is the last time when we ever thought about stress, worry, fear, anxiety in our life that we've ever heard we ought to repent from it? Usually what we do is we want to step in and we say, I want to help in this instance. What are you stressed about? And then I want to help you alleviate that Stress, but we almost never get to the underlying issue. In fact, the way I've said it is that oftentimes we help with the instance, like whatever's going on, but not the deeper issue. Because there's some people that, um, you know, some, something out in the future, some unknown, some worst case scenario, the lane that you just jump in is fear, stress, anxiety, worry, because that's what you know to do. And rarely do people go, don't, don't do that. There's a better way that God has for us than that. Repent and turn and don't do that. We'll figure out a different way when there is the unknown, when there are big things out in front of us and we don't know what to do. But we don't, I don't know if I've ever had anybody, one of two things happens. Rarely does anybody try to encourage somebody to repent because if someone comes to you and goes, I am stressed beyond belief, and you go, well, you should repent. Well, great. You just like added another layer of like guilt to them, and that was so not helpful at all. But, um, and, and so I think out of compassion, mostly people just go, I hear you. I understand. I've dealt with that. What are you stressed about, and how can I help through it? But there are, there are some that when you, when you get to them, I, I like to say don't, don't sow in the snow, like sowing seeds. You know, like if, when you're talking to somebody and you go, I've got some really good things to say, and so you start sowing the seeds and you're, you're saying all these good things and you don't realize that it's winter and the seeds are not gonna stick. You gotta wait till spring. You gotta wait till they're ready to hear what you are going to say to them. And so rarely in the moment when somebody says, I'm stressed, is it a good idea to sow in the snow and go, well, you ought to repent because they're not ready to hear it. And then in two months when they might be ready to hear it, you don't wanna go, by the way, remember a while back? Yeah, you were sinning. Like you don't wanna go bring it up then either. And so this idea of worry and stress and anxiety in this lane that we just jump into that just says, I'm going to be stressed can just become the thing we do. And there's a better way. Oftentimes we do. We help with the instance and not the issues. And so if we're talking to someone and they go, I'm, having, I'm stressed about finances, you might go, well, I've got some money. Right? I may be able to help with that. Like I want to step in and I want to help, but it's not getting to that underlying issue. 
of anxiety and what do we do? In fact, Jesus did this. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus was with his disciples. And so think about what they're doing. He tells them the good news. This is God in the flesh. And he says, do you remember? I'm going to send you out like sheep among wolves. Now, if we were those disciples, we might hear Jesus. We're going, okay, God, you can do anything. You're going to rise from the dead. And I mean, just honor, you are God. And he goes, okay, now you're going to bring good news and you're going to be a sheep among wolves. Like, I feel like if it was us, we would go, hold on just a minute. Can we come up with another plan? That's not too great. Why do we have to be sheep among wolves? Can't we just be sheep among a bunch of other sheep? Can we be sheep at like a petting zoo? That would be a great thing too. No, at least least be wolves among wolves. So it's like a fair fight. No, sheep among wolves. And you would think like we would go, well, Jesus, fix that problem. And then you don't have to stress. And Jesus is going, that's how it's going to be. Trust me in the midst of that. Okay, Jesus. And he says, oh, by the way, you're going to be dragged before Rome. You're going to be dragged before the authorities and you're going to have to give a defense. Jesus, I have, another, I have another plan of what we could do if you care to hear it, my friend. What if we watered down this message? What if you gave us kind of a, a, a simpler version of it that's less offensive that we could do? And then we don't have to do that whole dragging us before Rome kind of thing. And Jesus goes, no, no, that's the plan. Don't stress, trust me. And then it says, when they deliver you over, he says, when they deliver you over, when you're before Rome having to give your defense, do not be anxious. Don't worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. So he is going from, Jesus, just change all our circumstances and then our worry doesn't have to happen. And Jesus goes, that is going to happen because of the nature of my message. What I want to teach you is trust in the midst of that. And so for for all of us that just have this like, um, something's coming up or there's some unknown out there, I'm just gonna, all I know to do, I know to stress. I know to go to worst case scenario, pre-live worst case scenario, so I can kind of cushion my heart in case it actually gets here. And I'm gonna jump in that lane of worry and anxiety and stress. I do have to say, I feel a little strange saying it here because I come from Dallas, Texas, that I kid you not, the place we lived in Dallas is no exaggeration, one of the most high-strung places on the globe. And then we moved to Colorado. So y'all are easy, all right? Um, but So I, I get that. But at the same time, we sit and talk, and it's not quite here the badge of honor that it is there, that you walk around and being stressed is like seen as a really good thing. Like it means you're busy. It means you're successful. It means people want to be with you and talk with you and all that. And if you go, I'm, we're good right now, it's almost like embarrassing That's not as big a deal here, but there's still real concerns and worries that people have. And then when we get to the unknown and we jump in this lane of just all I know to do is stress, Jesus is going to say there's a better way. And so I'll show you a couple things from here. And then I've gotten to know this lady in in our community. Um, She's uh, an alum of CCU and she's a counselor. And I've just met her. And so I just thought, I'm going to call her. So I called her to say, okay, worry, anxiety. I'm talking with people about that. What's, What's your greatest hits? on that. And she said, you have to be more specific because it's such a complex topic. And she spent so much time doing it. And I said, do me a favor, just whittle it down to some very key points. And so I'm going to show you what Jesus says. And you're going to hear Susanna's her name, what Susanna says. And you're going to go, those are remarkably similar. And yes, she's a believer. She's an alum of CCU. I'm going to share those with you here um, today. So in chapter or verse 22, it says, he said to his disciples, therefore, I tell you, 
Do not be anxious, meaning there's an option of not having worry. Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body or what you will put on. And then notice what he says next. Life is more than food and the body more than clothing. The word right there is this Greek word polys, like, like, a, um, like a polygon or uh, polysyllabic, like multiple, sorry, multiple syllables, multiple sides. It's like a bigger or greater. And what he's saying here is life is greater than food. The word's gonna come up in a minute where it clearly means that way. And so in context, that's what he's saying. Life is greater than food. The body is greater than clothing. He's showing them the four things they're worried about and saying life, food, body, clothing. And what he's trying to do is go, those are important. Like I'm not trying to minimize that. And that's good for us because there are very important things. Relationships. What about health kinds of questions? What about financial strains? Like those kinds of things. He's not trying to say those things are unimportant. He's simply trying to give a remedy. And one of the first things he does is he says there's, instead of life, food, body, clothing, he says those are not all of the same level. Life is greater than food. The body is greater than worrying about clothing. That's what he's saying. And what he's really telling them to do is to understand these priorities. He's trying to say every problem is not the same level. And so if you think about this, like as believers in Jesus Christ, the main thing that we celebrate is our relationship with God is secure through the blood of Jesus Christ. Like we have to come back to that. We have to remember that. That's, that's the biggest thing that Jesus came and made away. Yes, we have financial strain, no question. Yeah, relationships are difficult sometimes. Yes, we might lose a job, and I don't mean to minimize that with anybody here walking through that. But what he's saying is, it's not all like this. There's degrees. And the most important one is our salvation has been paid for by Jesus Christ. I mean, think about how much time we spend investing in earthly riches versus heavenly riches or earthly relationships versus uh, our heavenly relationship with our Father. And what can happen is all the stuff that we have from God, we can quickly take that for granted and all these other little things can all of a sudden feel like the most important and they can be this place of anxiety or bring us to a place of anxiety. So I asked Susanna, my new friend here, I asked her, um, as we were talking about this, and she said, the word I would give people, and it's what Jesus is saying here, is perspective. Perspective. If you want to figure out how to conquer worry, perspective is key. And she said also, um, the first step about getting to the root of anxiety is to be very specific about it. Or this is the way that I've said it, which is if we can go from cloudy to clear, Go from cloudy to clear. Here's what I mean. Um, when we think about things that can stress us out, oftentimes it's just, I'm stressed about this thing that's out there. I'm stressed about money. I'm stressed about health. Like it's just kind of this cloudy thing. And she was saying, the more you can get down to, and I think that's what Jesus is doing here, is saying, be specific and realize there are different levels here. The more you can get down to what is the specific thing, the better off you'll be. Because the next thing that, he, that is in Philippians, and there's not a one-verse summary of the teaching on stress, biblical teaching on stress. If there is one, this is as close as we get. Philippians 4, 6, you heard it read earlier. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
Let me put these together. If we can go from cloudy to clear to try and get this perspective and then keep in mind, what do we do when we feel that stress, anxiety, worry, fear, whatever it is? He says, we take it to God. Instead of taking this big cloud of just, um, I've got a kid going off to college and that stresses me out, to really dig down on what stresses you out about that. And then you take that thing to God. Let me give you a couple examples here. We do. We have, we have a senior. I'm not stressed about her going to college, but let's pretend I was. If I was and if I were to come to you and I say, I'm just stressed because we've got one going to college. And you go, oh, man, I'm sorry about that. When I'm praying, I'm just going, God, I'm stressed, I'm stressed, I'm stressed. But if, what if I do this? What if I can think? It's cloudy right now. What is clear? Why am I stressed? Is it financial? Now what I'm doing is I'm going to God And I am saying, God of the universe, the eternal one who loved me, who made me, uh, who who, who created me, um, I'm stressed about finances to be able to get my kid in college. Now I can talk to God's people in the church and I can say, can someone help? We're doing a budget and trying to figure all this out. We've got questions about scholarships and all. Now all of a sudden what I've done is I've actually put the problem in perspective and now I'm taking it to a holy almighty God. But what if it's not that? What if it's kid going to college, but the issue is not just I'm nervous about you know, money or something like that. What if it's I'm, I'm stressed going, what if she walks away from her faith? What if she walks away from the church? Totally different solution. God, what I am bringing to you is I am begging you to keep her close to you. Totally different prayers. Or a big one, and I don't know how big this is here. I haven't explored it yet, but it might be that um, let's say someone's going off to college and I'm stressed. And what it might be is deep down, my identity has become about being a father. Or Nikki's has become about being a mother. So honestly, what we're stressed about is, gosh, when she leaves, who am I? Who am I? And so then... What do you bring before God? Now you go, God, help me be reminded that my identity is in the fact that I am a child of you. See how it plays out? If we can go from cloudy to clear, and then you take that clear thing, and then you go and you take it to the Lord. You present it to him. Here's why one reason it's so difficult is because that's an embarrassing thing to say. Like to say, if I, if I were going, my identity is being a father or being a husband or being a pastor or whatever it is, God, that is where my identity is. That's embarrassing. Like we feel like, oh, I should be better than that. And so I just won't acknowledge that. I won't share that. I won't say that. And I'll just pretend it's not there. La, 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 la. Instead of going, God, my identity has shifted from being a child of you to a parent to them. Help me come back. That's specifically how we deal with with worry. Or just to give one more example about this perspective and how we can move from cloudy to clear. Let's say if you're stressed about, um, about losing your job. It's more than just the cloud of I might lose my job. Get specific, get clarity. It might be, um, you know, we're about, to have a ba- this is, we're about to have a baby. This is not an announcement. This is a hypothetical. We're about to have a baby and I'm not sure how we're going to afford insurance and health care and stuff. Okay, that's a very real thing. And then you're going to God and saying, God, you provided the job I have now and you love this child even more than I do. I will trust that you will provide in the future. Show me what to do. See how freeing that is? 
Like, see how empowering that is to be able um, to be able to take it from just I'm stressed about it. It's just this cloud to be able to go. No, no, no. This is it. Now I can compare this to God, and I can pray to God about this. And all of a sudden, it is incredibly empowering. But I think there's another issue. In verse 24, it says, Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value, that's that word polis again, greater than, of how much more value are you than the birds? This is a profound statement that he's saying, and I picture him just out there, and there's ravens, and he's like, oh, we'll use ravens. And he goes, there's ravens. Look at the birds. They're not having to go and store in barns and they're not having to do all this. God loves them. God provides them. God is caring for them. And he might say something like that to us today to say, this earth that God has, like we look out and we see the mountains and the trees and the grass and we were just out at the ocean. You go out to the ocean and you see, here we we see um, elk and deer and buffalo and we see all these different amazing things here. Don't you dare for a second think that you're on the same level with those. Repeatedly in the Bible, God says you are more important than all of that. But here's, here's my honest concern is if we were to pass out a, a you know, multiple choice test that said, are you important to God? Do you believe that? My guess is most people here, most Christians here anyway, would say, yes, I know that's true. That's in the Bible somewhere, check. But do you believe it? Like it, it goes from a multiple choice answer on a test of I know this to be true in my head to deep down in my very soul, I know that when I bring my anxiety and worry and fear and hopes and dreams and all that before God, he is not just looking and going, I'm so annoyed with Jim that he's bringing that, but yeah, yeah, yeah we'll do that and I'm busy over here. I've got billions of people across the world that he is looking when I come to him, when you come to him, he is saying, my child is coming to me. Somebody incredibly important to me is coming to me to ask. That's the nature of the relationship that we have with God. And so if you think about it, like what Jesus has just said in here is if you can go from this cloud to get very, very clear and remember that you have a God that made you, created you, and loves you and longs to hear from you and we bring it to him. I know we know this, but it's good to get it down in here. Because one, one of my biggest fears is this, that you have this, that, that, that as we're walking through life, we can get stress, anxiety, fear, worry. And then we add to that loneliness. Because we think in the middle of it, no one really cares. God is listening. God is saying, you matter. God is saying, I love you. It is not falling on deaf ears when we come to him. I asked Susanna, I said, if I could just sum this up where somebody walks in your office and sits down with you and they start talking about how stressed they are. I know you gotta get to know the person and hear their story and all that kind of stuff, but where are you taking them? Like, like, how are you trying to help remedy what's going on in their life with worry? And here's what she said. I think I got it verbatim. She said, if I can get them to slow down, change their thoughts, and remember that the God who loves them is in control, it changes everything. If I can get them to slow down, 
change their thoughts, and remember that the God who loves them is in control. She said it changes everything. All the tips, tricks, techniques, everything. She said, if I can get down to this, that they understand the God who loves them is in control, changes everything. That's what I want for you. That's what Christ here, I believe, is saying as is a reminder to them as they go out, they're gonna encounter worry and fear to say there's a God who is with you and loves you and you are not alone. Well, um, in a moment, we'll take communion together and when we do it, it's just a beautiful expression of a reminder of how much Christ loves us. The love of God for us, like he can't do it anymore. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, and said he will die His body will be broken. His blood will be poured out for you. He loves us. And there's people, there's gotta be people here in a room this size that have some worry or some anxiety or maybe you've got the loneliness right now. Maybe it's a cloud for you right now and you're trying to figure out how do I get down to clear or maybe you know what the clarity is but it's a little tough to admit. Whatever that is, I just wanna give us a moment to be able to apply this right now. And I wanna give us a moment. We're gonna pause and we're gonna pray and I'll just give you a moment to just come before God and whatever he's prompting you to do, whatever he's laying on your heart, to just give you an opportunity to pray to him. So if you'd bow your heads and close your eyes and I'll just guide us a little bit here. Um, Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ here and I do ask that in this moment, maybe the person who has the most fear, worry, anxiety, whatever it is, that you would give to even them and everybody else here the greatest of hope. Father, hear our prayers. God, thank you that you know us, that you love us, that you hear us, that we are not an annoyance to you, but we are precious to you. I pray for uh, people here that may need to get that from their head to their heart, this truth of your incredible love for us, that you would do that work by the power of your spirit, maybe through communion as we take it, that it might just be afresh to all of us, your love that you have for us. God, I pray for the person here that may be just carrying a lot of baggage right now, a lot of weight, worry, anxiety. Father, help them with perspective, with your heavenly perspective. Would you help them move from that cloudy to clarity that they might see what it is and would you give us the confidence and the courage and the hope as we come before your throne that you are bigger and greater than anything that brings us down. God, there's others uh, here. Their worries may not be um, as personal for themselves as it is for family or loved ones. And so um, we, we do, we extend to them and we just pray that, um, that they would see the ultimate remedy to stress and anxiety is not just tips and tricks, but it's to see that you, a good God, a good loving God is sovereignly in control. God, I pray um, your peace over us as we take the Lord's Supper together. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Well, as we take the Lord's Supper together, that's what I hope is that you come forward and maybe even this time would be a a time of helping the, the great love of God move from head to heart. I'll read this so you can have this in your mind as we take communion together. Rejoice in the Lord, the Lord, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understandings, 
will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's come forward together remembering the love of God that we might find the peace of God.